listening to AmericasWebRadio.com, the pioneer and leader in chat radio. Thank you for listening. Well, good afternoon to everybody, and welcome to the show. Uh, I have some great news to report to start off the show today. Uh, you know, this is something that makes me feel really warm and, and cuddly. The Iranians, the Iranian government has issued a report on its first self-inspection under this illegal and unconstitutional treaty that was signed by the president, signed by the Secretary of State, or hadn't been signed by the president yet, but by the Secretary of State, and which our Democrats in the U.S. Senate blocked our representatives from even being able to vote on. But the Iranians have announced that they have inspected one of their own military bases, one which the Israeli intelligence and our own intelligence over the years has reported to be a hotbed of development of nuclear materials and nuclear weapons. And they have said it's totally clean, that we don't have anything to worry about. They've looked at the site. They've taken some soil samples from the site, and they have said, we are totally clean. There's nothing going on at that site that would violate the treaty. Doesn't that make you feel good? I mean, you know, this is a historic treaty. We have made a treaty with an illegal country and an illegal government that is the world's biggest state sponsor of terrorism that has vowed to destroy the great Satan in the United States and has vowed to kill all the Jews in Israel and wipe Israel off the map. We have signed a treaty with them saying we are going to give you over... a a billion dollars, or a hundred billion dollars, I should say, a hundred billion dollars of money back so that you can continue to sponsor terrorism, and we are going to allow, allow you to tell us if you are complying with this treaty. Now, in the history of the Iranian government, since the Shah was overthrown many years ago, they have never complied with any treaty they have signed. They have always cheated on every treaty. Yet we have a president of the United States and all those Democrats in the Senate, the 42 of them that march in lockstep with him and go, Heil Obama, Heil Obama, Zig Heil. And they have basically given away the farm when it comes to, to Iran. Within six months, the Iranians will probably have their first nuclear weapon. We're not going to do anything about that. Obama will still be in the White House. He's hoping that they will have their first nuclear weapon. He didn't care about Israel. He hates Israel. He hates the United States of America. He hates the American military. He hates white people. We have a racist, narcissistic, egotistical president who is... Is he a Muslim? Well, Donald Trump got in all kinds of trouble for not disagreeing with somebody who claimed that he is a Muslim. Yet a third of the American people, when polled, believe that Obama is, in fact, a Muslim. And there are all kinds of, you know, if, if I was offering a case in court to prove that Obama was a Muslim, I would have a large amount of circumstantial evidence pointing to the fact that he is. But it doesn't matter if he is or not. 
if it doesn't matter if the man has no religion, which I think is a distinctive possibility. I think Obama's religion is himself. He believes in himself as a god. He's not a Christian. He may not be a Muslim. He may not be anything other than an egomaniac. Look at what happened on 9-11. The President of the United States did not attend the memoriam, memorial ceremony in New York City at Ground Zero. He did not attend the ceremony in Pennsylvania. He did not attend the ceremony right across the river from the White House at the Pentagon. He ignored all of that. He posted a picture of himself on Twitter. That was his total regard for what happened in this country 14 years ago. He posted this a picture of himself on Twitter. So now we have the Iranian government telling us that They've inspected their site, and there's nothing nothing there. <clears throat> Where is the outrage from the news media? Where is the outrage from the Democrats in Congress? For that matter, where is the outrage from Mitch McConnell and John Boehner? I mean, they're the one that set this illegal, unconstitutional treaty up to be passed this legislation wasn't even passed. But let's let's get a look back. Okay? We have a treaty. No question it's a treaty. It falls under the classic definition of a treaty, an agreement between two or more countries for long term. And ten to fifteen years is certainly a long term. That's a, a treaty. The Constitution of the United States, Article two, Section two, requires that any treaty signed by the president cannot be enforced until it is ratified by two-thirds of the majority, two-thirds majority in the United States Senate. It's as simple as that. The Congress had the right to demand that. The Senate had the right to demand that. Yet, Mitch McConnell, who, by the way, I've, I've heard rumors now to the effect that he's got quite a bit of of money in the form of campaign contributions from pro-Iranian groups. I haven't confirmed that yet, but I know that some Democrats out there have, in fact, received large campaign contributions from groups connected to the Iranian lobby. Whether Mitch McConnell did that or not, what he did is he agreed to a plan, and John Boehner and the majority of the House members agreed to it, and the Republic, a lot of the Republicans in the Senate agreed to it, that would allow this treaty to be submitted to the Congress as an executive agreement, which means it would not take two-thirds of the Senate to ratify the treaty. In fact, they decided, well, you know what? We don't really want to comply with Article One, Section 7 of the Constitution either. We don't want the president have to have to be burdened with, with complying with it. So we're going to amend Article 1, Section 7 of the Constitution and do something that's totally unprecedented, that's never been done before, that's not allowed by the Constitution, but we're not going to go through the amendment process of having 
two-thirds of both houses of Congress pass a constitutional amendment, and then three-fourths of the state legislatures vote to ratify it. What we're going to do is we're just going to say that when Article One, Section 7 of the Constitution says the president can veto legislation passed by Congress, we're going to say that the president does not have to veto legislation passed by Congress. Under this circumstance, the president can veto legislation defeated by Congress. Excuse me. Now, think about that for a minute. Nowhere in the Constitution, nowhere in the precedents of the Congress and the White House, nowhere in any court decision has it ever been said that Article One, Section 7 allows the President of the United States to veto a negative vote. Until now. And that was agreed to by the Republican leadership in both houses of Congress. Remember all those Republicans we elected in 2010 to the House, and they elected even more of them in 2014? And remember those senators that we elected to take control of the United States Senate? Yet the leadership that they have elected in both houses of Congress agreed to something that is art, you know, artificially handcrafted to disable the Constitution, to ignore the Constitution, and allow the President of the United States to basically do whatever he wants. Of course, they're allowing him to do whatever he wants anyway. He makes appointments without having them confirmed by the Senate. He signs executive orders on gun control. He amends legislation like Obamacare. He makes new writes new laws or decides to cancel laws that exist on immigration. And nothing happens. The man is allowed to proceed. The man is committing impeachable offenses every day. I drew up articles of impeachment. I put them on my website. I sent them out to members of Congress. Millions of people read these and agreed with them. They were submitted to the House Judiciary Committee back in October of last year. It's been a year. They haven't been brought up for a vote. Nobody's been pushing them. Obama has been given a free ride by the Republicans in Congress. Now, this Iranian treaty, the way they set it up, even if both houses of Congress had voted, voted it down, Obama could have vetoed that vote, and it would take two-thirds of both houses to override the veto. But they went even further, the Democrats did, to protect Obama's from even having to deal with right having a veto, which most of the American people would have been aghast at. Forty-two United States senators voted not to allow the Senate to even vote on the treaty. Now, for people that don't understand the rules of the Senate, I don't think the senators understand the rules of the Senate, but the people who don't understand the rules of the Senate, they're going, well, why 42? Doesn't it take 51 senators to pass legislation or defeat legislation? Well, you have this filibuster rule in the Senate. And the filibuster rule, which was adopted by the Senate, and yes, they can make their own rules, the filibuster rule says that in order for any legislation in the Senate to be submitted to a vote by the full Senate, 60 senators must agree. 
So essentially, the Senate has said, we're bypassing the Constitution. A majority of the Senate can't pass legislation. Sixty senators have to pass legislation, or 60%. Now, that is not a constitutional rule. That is a rule by the Senate, and that rule can be altered at any time by the Senate or can be ignored by the Senate leader. That's called a nuclear option. That's what Harry Reid did on several occasions to make sure that Obama's appointments got voted on and got through back when Harry Reid controlled the Senate and the Democrats controlled the Senate. Mitch McConnell could have done the same thing on this treaty and would at least enforce a vote on it. Mitch McConnell has not done that. Mitch McConnell has allowed the president a free pass on this legislation, on this treaty. And that's very scary. Let's take our first break. The United States Justice Foundation, since 1979, has been dedicated to instructing, informing, and educating the public on legal issues confronting America. That means you and me. When necessary, this nonprofit organization has had to litigate to present the constitutional view. Since 1980, USJF has submitted testimony to the U.S. Senate on all but one U.S. Supreme Court nominee. Learn more about USJF by visiting their website at www.usjf.net. Support this nonprofit as it defends our rights, our liberty, and our Constitution. Whether cruising the Strip in a 57 Chevy or taking the family on a vacation in a 71 Oldsmobile Vista Cruiser, you need to tune in to Classic Cars with Steve Ronaldo and Jim Weber every Saturday from 8 to 9 a.m. on AmericasWebRadio.com. Don't be hoodwinked by the left who wants you to believe the fairy tale that we can power America on butterflies, rainbows, and pixie dust. I'm Marita Noon. Get the truth about energy on my show, America's Voice for Energy, only on America's Web Radio. Did you miss the show that you really wanted to hear? All of our programs are available for download on AmericasWebRadio.com and on iTunes. You can listen to your favorite programs on AmericasWebRadio.com anytime you like. Who is or what is USJF? It is a nonprofit legal organization founded to protect our rights through the U.S. Constitution. Active in educating the public, USJF has also contributed directly and indirectly to legal defense efforts in many celebrated cases involving fundamental conservative principles. Cases of note include the Mount Soledad Cross case, the Arizona Immigration Law case, the Obama eligibility cases, the NDAA illegal detention issue, and many more. Help this nonprofit as they help you. Visit www.usjf.net today. You're listening to AmericasWebRadio.com, the pioneer and leader in chat radio. Thank you for listening. You've heard me say repeatedly on this show what the oath is that I took to the, as a member of the military. And how that same oath is taken by all federal officials, including the President of the United States and the members of Congress. 
And I wrote an article recently on my blog before the votes were taken in the Senate and the House on the Iran-Iranian Treaty. And it was a veteran's open letter to Congress. And basically I pointed out that as a veteran, I took an oath, or as a member of the military, I took an oath to protect and defend the Constitution of the United States against all enemies, foreign and domestic. Nobody ever told me, I wouldn't have believed it if they had, that once I left the military and became a veteran, that that oath expired. Or that at any time, that oath could just go away. If I could ignore it. I took that oath for life. And as long as I'm alive, I will abide by that oath. I have an obligation under federal law to do that. There are criminal penalties for violating your oath of office and doing something to denigrate the Constitution and try to destroy our constitutional republic. And I pointed out in this article, which, by the way, you can go to my blog at www.michaelconnelly.com. And you can read the article there on the blog and read the other articles I've written on my blog on constitutional issues. What I put in that article, the question for the members of the Congress as to how they had determined that they could ignore their oath of office, that it somehow expired or was, had become irrelevant, and that they could vote to pass a treaty in violation of the Constitution and vote to alter and amend a major portion of the Constitution, Article 1, Section 7. Because, see, here's the precedent that's now been set. They have told the President of the United States that he can now submit legislation to the Congress for a vote, a negative vote. In other words, uh, he's going to say, I'm going to, I'm going to order the private ownership of gun, guns in this country to be abolished. This is the, the bill. You can vote it down if you want. If you vote it down, I'm going to veto that vote. And then it will take two-thirds of the United States Senate and two-thirds of the House of Representatives to override my veto. That's what's coming. That's the type of thing that this president is perfectly capable of doing, and the Congress has now established a legal precedent for him to do so. If he tries to pull this, we at the United States Justice Foundation will immediately try to get somebody to file suit. We sent out the word that we were ready to assist in a suit by any member of the United States Senate who wanted to go after the president for basically removing their jurisdiction for changing their oath of office, for changing their duties on the Constitution, and not allowing them to vote on a treaty. Nobody was interested, apparently. But we'll go after Obama if he tries to pull this. But the trouble is, I'm not sure the Supreme Court would go along with us. A few months ago, I don't think they would have had any choice but to go along with us, because the Constitution was clear, and is clear. But now, 
the leaders of the House of Representatives of the United States Senate, the Republican leaders have said, we're going to do this, we're going to do it for Obama, Obama wants us to do it, and Obama's our supreme leader, Obama's our Ayatollah, we're going to do what Obama wants us to do, and we're going to give, give him unprecedented powers, which he does not have under the Constitution. And I'm just afraid with the makeup of the current Supreme Court, they would say, okay, well, we can't do anything about it. Congress has decided to do it, so that's all right. Congress has decided to amend the Constitution, but, you know, we're not going to stop them, even though they didn't do it legally, because we just amended the Constitution a few months ago, legalizing gay marriage. So if they can do it, or if we can do it, they can do it. And if they can do it, the President of the United States can do it on his own. We have a situation in this country where the president is writing laws or having his agencies write laws, implementing those laws, and nothing is happening to stop him. The Republicans are putting all their eggs in one basket, and that is we're going to maintain control of the Senate, we're going to maintain control of the House, and we're going to put a Republican in the White House, and he is going to be he or she is going to be able to undo all of the damage done by Obama. Not going to work that way. Even assuming a Republican, a good conservative Republican, is put in the White House. I'm not sure they can control, maintain control of the Senate. Right now, there are a lot of people out there who are very angry at Republican senators and Republican representatives. And they may have faced primary challenges, and they could lose in the general election. This is a situation coming up next year where many more Republican senators are up for re-election than Democratic senators are. We don't need to be putting our eggs in that basket because I'm not sure how free this election is going to be. The word I'm getting is that Obama has fast-tracked a bunch of immigrants in this country I'm talking about some of them are here legally, and some of them were here illegally that he granted amnesty to. Again, that was unconstitutional and illegal. But he put them on the fast track to citizenship. They are naturalizing about 10,000 immigrants a month, making them U.S. citizens, and then registering them to vote. And how are they going to vote? Well, most of the immigrants in this country, legal and illegal, are cared for by the federal government. Their bills are floated by the UNI, the American taxpayer. Many of them do not work, don't want to work. They get free housing, they get free medical care, they get free food, they get free education for their children. They're not going to rock the boat. They're not going to go out and vote Republican. They're going to vote for the party that has given them all the free stuff and continues to give them all the free stuff. So we're looking at an election that may not ever occur. I mean, if it looks like at some point that the Republicans could win it all, then I'm afraid there's going to be some type of event that will allow Obama, or he thinks will allow him, to declare martial law and suspend the election. Now, technically, there's no 
precedent for doing that. Martial law, yes, but suspending an election, no. But since when does Obama follow, follow legal precedent? Since when does he follow the Constitution? Who do we have out there that's willing to follow the Constitution? I'll tell you who we have out there. you got 23 million pissed-off veterans. Veterans who are being robbed of their Second Amendment rights, denied due process, denied medical care that they're entitled to. 307,000 veterans have now died while waiting for VA benefits and VA medical care. 307,000. That's more people than were killed during the Korean War, Operation Desert Storm, Vietnam, and the War on Terror combined. In fact, that's three times the number of people that were killed in all of those wars. And they've been killed by our own government. And now... They're losing their Second Amendment rights. And they're being told that their oath of office that they took, that they cherished, that they fought for, that they defended, that their oath of office is no longer valid. It is to them, it is to me, but it's not valid for the other people who took it. Like Mitch McConnell, John Boehner, Nancy Pelosi, Harry Reid, Joe Biden, Barack Hussein Obama. They all took that oath. The 42 senators who voted to block a vote on the Iranian treaty, they all took that oath. They have given aid and comfort to our enemy. If any of you out there don't think Iran is our enemy, I got some property in the Everglades that I'll be glad to sell you, some beachfront property. I'll sell it cheap. The veterans know who our enemies are. And it's not just, they're not just overseas. Our oath says to protect and defend the Constitution of the United States against all enemies, foreign and domestic. Right now, it appears that some of our greatest enemies are, in fact, domestic. They reside in Washington, D.C. They reside in state houses around the country. They reside in some city councils. The people that are out to destroy the Constitution, out to take away our freedoms, to destroy the balance of powers of the federal government, to take away our Second Amendment rights, the right to keep and bear arms, to take away our Fourth Amendment rights, the right be protected from illegal searches and seizures or unreasonable searches and seizures. The right to due process, the right to freedom of religion, freedom of speech, freedom of the press, freedom of assembly. All of these rights are under assault. Not by foreign enemies. Yeah, they're, they're out there too, but I'm talking about domestic enemies. I'm talking about our own Congress, our own mainstream news media, our own president. The Declaration of Independence 
of the United States of America allows us if our government has overstepped its bounds and taking away our rights, allows us to alter or abolish that government. <clears throat> I suggest, ladies and gentlemen, we're about, about at that point. Let's take our second break now. Who is or what is USJF? It is a nonprofit legal organization founded to protect our rights through the U.S. Constitution. Active in educating the public, USJF has also contributed directly and indirectly to legal defense efforts in many celebrated cases involving fundamental conservative principles. Cases of note include the Mount Soledad Cross case, the Arizona Immigration Law case, the Obama eligibility cases, the NDAA illegal detention issue, and many more. Help this nonprofit as they help you. Visit www.usjf.net today. With all the back and forth in today's politics, it seems as though the Constitution gets lost in the mix. If you want to brush up on your Constitution, then join Michael Conley every Wednesday from 4 to 5 p.m. for the show Our Constitution on AmericasWebRadio.com. Did you miss the show that you really wanted to hear? All of our programs are available for download on AmericasWebRadio.com and on iTunes. You can listen to your favorite programs on AmericasWebRadio.com anytime you like. Watchdog is a term given an organization like the United States Justice Foundation, which since 1979 has been watching out and, when necessary, taking the appropriate action from testifying to litigating to protect our constitutional rights. USJF, a nonprofit organization, is nationally recognized not only as a watchdog, but many in the government, as well as those involved in legal cases, have also called the USJF a bulldog for the tenacious approach in their presentation and proof of what is right. Find out more at www.usjf.net. Support USJF as they support you. You're listening to AmericasWebRadio.com, the pioneer and leader in chat radio. Thank you for listening. You know, I've been talking about enemies, foreign and domestic, and I've been talking primarily about domestic enemies, but these domestic enemies of ours are also rolling over in front of our foreign enemies. The President of the United States and the Secretary of State have now said that originally it was going to be we're going to take in 10,000 of these refugees from the Middle East. And then they said, no, actually we're going to do 70,000. And then it was raised to 100,000. Now, to begin with, there's a lot of evidence right now that most of these these so-called Syrian refugees are not, in fact, from Syria. They're using fake Syrian passports, which are being sold to them, possibly by ISIS. We don't know who's made the, the passports. But a lot of them are from Yemen, Somalia, some maybe from Iran, all areas areas where there's a lot of terrorism. There's going to be no vetting of these people by the Obama administration. They don't vet the, the refugees we take in now. I mean, we, we're already looking at, at about 100,000 refugees coming in the last few years from places like Somalia, from Syria, under the U.N. resettlement plan. 
It's the Muslim refugees that are being allowed in here. Make no mistake about it. Obama has no plans to include Christians in this group. In fact, while he's authorizing more and more Muslim refugees to come into this country, he has ordered some Christian refugees from Iraq who are here legally, who were sponsored by people in this country, and who came here illegally and then were put in detention out in California. He's now ordering them to be deported back to Iraq, where they will probably be executed. Because Christians are being slaughtered throughout the Middle East. And Obama, he can't be bothered with that. That's that's fine by him. Our president, who claims not to be a Muslim, but claims to be a Christian, is going to protect the Muslims in the world, but not the Christians. What does that tell you about Obama? What does that tell you about his oath of office and how he feels about it? So we're going to have these refugees coming in, and we've got ISIS on the Internet bragging about how many of these so-called refugees that are invading Europe right now, how many are actually working for ISIS. They said, we've got 6,000 so far in Europe that are just awaiting our orders. Now, a lot of that's probably ISIS propaganda. But the fact of the matter is that this is ready-made for them to bring in people to the countries that will commit acts of terrorism. The so-called Muslim refugees that are coming in, a lot of them are already trying to destroy the very governments that have that are trying to help them. I saw a copy of an email recently from a woman who lives in Budapest in Hungary who is aghast at what's happened in Budapest and what's happening in our country. The refugees are trashing the country. They're demanding everything to be given to them free. Some of them are living under bridges. They are raping and pillaging in the country where they're coming into. According to this email from this woman, the people in Budapest, the Hungarians, are afraid to go out on the streets, particularly at night. They're afraid to go to the grocery stores. They're afraid to go shopping. They're afraid to send their children to school because of what's happening on the streets of Budapest. That's why the Hungarian government has finally said enough is enough, and they're fighting back. They've closed their borders. Croatia has closed its border. Other European countries are going to be following suit. But the Muslims are saying, we're going to take over the world. And we're going to convert everybody to Sharia law. And you're going to do what we tell you to do when we tell you to do it. This is what the Imams have been saying for years. And the Muslims have, you know, take this for an example. The Muslims in Germany have signed a petition demanding that Oktoberfest in Munich 
and other cities in Germany be canceled, that it be outlawed, not just canceled, but outlawed. Why? Because you have people drinking beer, and the Muslims don't want people drinking beer. They don't want people celebrating. They don't want people dancing. They don't want clannily scared waitresses serving beer. They want every all the women dressed in burqas and all the men going out and raping women whenever they want, but not able to drink. So that's Sharia law. And that's the influx of refugees that we're about to allow into this country. I mean, in Dearborn, Michigan right now, if you're a Christian and you want to go on the streets of Dearborn and hand out pamphlets supporting Christianity, you're allowed to be arrested, particularly if you're anywhere near one of the Muslim festivals, because the Muslims basically control Dearborn, Michigan. And there are places in Dearborn and there are places in Detroit where the police will not go. They deny this, but they've been told basically the same thing that the French police have been told, that these are Muslim communities now, Sharia law applies, and you're not allowed in here. Interestingly, what's happened in this country in the last couple of days, we had the so-called Muslim student, and I say so-called because he is a Muslim, but I don't know if he's you know what kind of a student he is. He's supposedly an inventor who brings a clock, a homemade clock, to class in Irving, Texas. Now, Irving, Texas has been a hotbed of activity by the Muslim community because of the fact that they, they had set up three Sharia law courts in Irving. And they were going to be deciding any cases involving Muslims, any civil actions, any criminal actions. They said that they were in charge. All the lawyers practicing the courts in front of these courts were unlicensed under Texas law. And the mayor got the city council, some of which were left-wingers and, and went against her, but finally got the city council to outlaw these courts, these illegal tribunals. Well, the Muslims have hated her ever since. So now they have this student bring this homemade clock to class, and it looks suspiciously like a bomb. In fact, if you look at it in comparison to the trigger components of an IED from Iraq or Afghanistan, they're almost identical. Because that's basically what they set up as a trigger, is an IED, is a clock, clock mechanism that can be set as a, as a timer. But you look at those and you can understand completely why teachers get concerned, why the police were called in, and why this young man's, man was escorted out of the school. Well, Obama immediately invites him to the White House. You know, is this another Michael Brown? But Obama, you know, sends representatives of the White House to the funeral of Michael Brown a thug who had just robbed a store and then tried to kill a police officer and was shot himself. Of course, the White House has not sent any representatives to any of the funerals of the police officers that have been slaughtered in this country recently. But no, Obama invites this kid to come to the White House and 
Zuckerberg, the head of Facebook, he, you know, praises the kid and says, well, how fabulous it is that he's an inventor. Well, it turns out that some engineers took a look at this so-called invention of his, and in fact, it was not an invention. It was a standard clock that you can buy in Walmart. And the case was taken off. So he hadn't invented anything. But now guess what? His family's suing the city of Irving, suing the mayor, suing the school board, suing the police. Because this was all done supposedly because he was a Muslim. You think it's be the same outcry as this had been an American kid who was not of Muslim faith, was some other race than and Middle Eastern, some other faith other than Muslim, it wouldn't be any kind of outcry. There'd be no invitation from the White House. This whole thing is a fraud. Yet it's being perpetuated by the liberal news media. I wonder, and this is something I hope that the people in the city of Irving, our police officers there, if they're concerned about, is was a, this some kind of a test run? Was this kid told to take that mechanism into the school to see what would happen? Is somebody planning to put a bomb in a school in Irving or someplace else around the Dallas, Texas area? Because now what they've done is they've set up a situation where teachers are going to be reluctant to report such a device for fear of being called racist, Islamophobist. Principals are going to be reluctant to call in the police. And some American kids and teachers could die. If somebody plants one of these bombs and is then captured, they don't blow themselves up at the same time, then captured as Obama got it proved invite them to the White House to be praised? Don't hold your breath that he won't. We have a president of the United States right now who's capable of anything. Who is literally capable of anything to push his political agenda and those of the leftists that he works for. ISIS is on the move. ISIS is growing. We've now found out that our own military, and that's orders came from the White House, I'm sure, the White House didn't want to be given reports that were incompatible with what they were saying about our defeating ISIS. So the reports were doctored. And we'll talk about that more after the final break. Watchdog is a term given an organization like the United States Justice Foundation, which since 1979 has been watching out and, when necessary, taking the appropriate action from testifying to litigating to protect our constitutional rights. USJF, a nonprofit organization, is nationally recognized not only as a watchdog, but many in the government as well as those involved in legal cases have also called the USJF a bulldog for the tenacious approach in their presentation and proof of what is right. Find out more at www.usjf.net. 
Support USJF as they support you. This is Dr. George. Join me Wednesday mornings for Medicine on Call and participate in a lively conversation. Learn what's happening behind the headlines in medicine. Understand Obamacare and learn how to protect yourself and navigate the system. This is Dr. Susan Blank, host of Detailing Addiction on America's Web Radio. Please join us at 4 p.m. on Tuesday afternoons. The United States Justice Foundation, since 1979, has been dedicated to instructing, informing, and educating the public on legal issues confronting America. That means you and me. When necessary, this nonprofit organization has had to litigate to present the constitutional view. Since 1980, USJF has submitted testimony to the U.S. Senate on all but one U.S. Supreme Court nominee. Learn more about USJF by visiting their website at www.usjf.net. Support this nonprofit as it defends our rights, our liberty, and our Constitution. You're listening to America's Webradio.com, the pioneer and leader in chat radio. Thank you for listening. Uh, we have 50, at least 50, intelligence analysts who have come forward and said that the intelligence information they provided to the Obama administration was altered before it got to the president by higher-ups in the chain of command for the Central Army Command, which is in charge of the situation in the Middle East. And these were altered to show that we were winning against ISIS and that ISIS was not that big of a threat, which is the scenario that Obama's put forward since he called ISIS a JV operation over a year ago. ISIS, in fact, growing. They continue to get more territory. They're not losing any territory. The Iraqis are not taking it back. We control a lot of Syria. Yet, our president doesn't want to know that because that doesn't fit in with his scenario. Just like it didn't fit in with his scenario that Al-Qaeda was on the run, and he kept saying that Al-Qaeda had been defeated, when in fact we know that Al-Qaeda had not been defeated. It was just like Benghazi attack was not a terrorist attack. The attack on Fort Hood was not a terrorist attack. We are being lied to by our President of the United States who doesn't care if we know that he's lying to us. He doesn't care. And he's supported in those lies by the mainstream media because they're all pushing the same agenda. And that agenda is the ultimate destruction of the United States of America. The ultimate destruction of our Constitution, of our way of life. So let's go back to something I mentioned earlier in the show, the Declaration of Independence. Read the Declaration of Independence. Not just the preamble. where we're guaranteed the rights of life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness. But we're endowed by our Creator with that, with those rights, unalienable rights. 
read that part, but then go down and read the part where <clears throat> the signers of the Declaration state specifically what has been done by King George that has caused them to make this break. What specific things was he doing to the colonists? You're going to see a lot of things in there that are remarkably similar to what this current president of the United States is doing to us. King George was acting without the authority of Parliament. There was no representation in Parliament for the colonies. He was appointing people to run the colonies that were unqualified, but were going to do his bidding. He was creating new taxes out of thin air. He was working to take away the fundamental rights of the colonists, including their right to free speech, their right to freedom of assembly. All of these are things that Obama is doing. Read that. Read that and think about where we are in this country. And how we're losing control. Our own members of our own government, 75% of the American people now believe that there's widespread corruption in the federal government. <clears throat> I'm sure in a lot of the the states around the country, if you surveyed people, they'd say the same thing about the state of New York, the state of Maryland, the state of California, certainly. The power is being maintained in those states because the governments give up, give out a lot of free stuff. You know, during the Revolutionary War, this was not a general uprising by the colonists. It was, in fact, fairly limited. Estimates are that during the Revolutionary War, only one-third of the colonists actually supported the Revolution, and even less than that were actively in support of the Revolution by fighting with the Continental Army or by supplying goods and materials to the Continental Army. One-third of the colonists supported the king, were loyalists. They did not want independence declared from Great Britain. They wanted to continue under the thumb of King George. Then you had a third of the colonists who supposedly remained neutral. Well, actually, their idea of neutral was that they wanted to remain neutral so they could sell goods to both sides. So they were just interested in making money. Where do we stand right now in this country? Well, I see that at least a third, and hopefully more than that, but not many more, I'm afraid, are patriots. They support the Constitution. They support our return to, to the Constitution. They support the protection of our individual rights, under the First Amendment, Second Amendment, under all, all the amendments. And a lot of them would be willing to fight to defend our Constitution. Another third out there are the progressives, 
They want to see the Constitution destroyed. They want to see us become a politically correct society where everybody marches in lockstep and says, Hi, Obama, that we do what we're told, that we don't say anything that they don't want us to say, we don't think anything they don't want us to think, we don't take any action they don't want us to take, that we become the low drones, uh, like the Nazis under Adolf Hitler, the communists under Joseph Stalin, and under Fidel Castro, that we become these fine little drones that do just what we're told to do and don't ever rock the boat. You've got at least a third of the American people who think that's the ideal of the utopia society. So one-third, or hopefully more, are patriots. One-third are so-called progressives or liberals or communists or socialists or, or whatever they want to call themselves in a particular day. It all amounts to the same thing. They're totalitarians. And then where's the other one-third of the people in this country? They're nowhere. They don't even know that, that there is a Constitution. They are totally oblivious to everything that's going on in this country, and they don't care. As long as they can tweet, as long as they can get on social media, as long as they can text, as long as they can party, as long as they can watch mindless shows on television and be entertaining. And this is bread and circuses of the Roman Empire. That's the way they kept the people in line for so long. They provided them with food, and they provided them with entertainment. In that case, it was gladiators killing each other in the forum. In the college morning, I should say. Ladies and gentlemen, it's time to stand up and fight back. Help us with the United States Justice Foundation. We are doing everything we can to protect our veterans. Now we have these new program that they're starting to disarm Social Security recipients using the same criteria that's being used on our veterans, declaring people incompetent to handle their own financial affairs. Six months ago, I wrote an article on my blog at michaelconnolly.jigsy.com where I predicted that that was going to be the next step. Now it's been confirmed both by an article in the L.A. Times a few weeks ago and by a response by the Social Security Administration to a letter from various members of Congress wanting to know if this was really a plan. And the response was, yeah, we plan on doing this, but not to everybody. Well, they're not doing it to every veteran either, but they're doing it to a lot of us. We're fighting for the veterans. I'm going to be talking right after this show. There are a couple of veterans out there who need our help. And we're doing it on an individual basis, trying desperately to raise the money, file a class action lawsuit. We're also working with the Senate Judiciary Committee, trying to do something legislatively. But support USJF.net. If you're in a position to make a large contribution to us, please let me know. You can contact me at michael at usjfmail.net, michael at usjfmail.net. If you're a veteran out there and you need our help, you can also contact me directly there because we're not charging the veterans or their family members anything for our assistance. That's why we need to raise the money independently. Go to my website at michaelconnolly.jigsy.com. There you can keep up with the articles that I'm writing on this and other constitutional issues, and they're also posted on usjf.net. 
we need your help. We've been in this fight for a long time. I've been in this fight for a long time. We're not about to surrender. But we can't do it by ourselves. We're not a powerful organization that has a lot of money, a big staff, but we're effective. We win cases. We help people. We defend our Constitution. So thank you for having me in your homes and offices today, and I look forward to talking to you again next week. You're listening to AmericasWebRadio.com, the pioneer and leader in chat radio. Thank you for listening. Watchdog.